Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Kevin McDonnell, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. On the last episode of the podcast, I revealed the best property strategies and answered your questions live. I was interviewed by Progressive Property's social media manager, Kieran Kevin, in a live interview on Facebook within the Progressive Property community. And I shared part of that interview in the last episode of the podcast. We had some great feedback from that and people asked if there was more content. So what I thought I'd do is share the rest of that interview. So this episode is even more of your questions on all things property answered. If you want your question answered on the podcast, here's what you need to do. Join the Progressive Property Facebook community. Post in there a question and tag me in. And what I can do is I'll take your questions, I'll compile them, and I'll answer them in an episode of a future podcast. Don't forget also, if you're not already a member of the Progressive Property YouTube channel, then make sure you subscribe to Progressive Property YouTube for lots more great property content. But for now, let's get straight into the podcast. Kelly Hines, I got a deal I need to offer on today. He wants me to pay more as I will earn more out of it. Uh, Cake and eat it. How does he know you'll earn more out of it? Um, it's 1700 He wants £300 more. I don't want to cut the agent out, but he will get more money if he dials direct. What would you do to get it over the line? At 1700 it will gross 1K. I would not give him £300 more because he's a greedy... I wouldn't give him, I wouldn't give him £300 more because what's actually happened here slightly, Kelly, it may be, right, is... Um, You've given him too much information about what you're doing. And he sees that you're going to make money, but you're working for that money, not him. You're working for that money. If it's on the market for 1,700 quid, and he's ha- or if you've agreed 1,700 quid and he was initially happy with 1,700 quid, then this is what you need to do. Walk away. Here's why. Because in every negotiation, you should walk away at least once. Watch this. Karen? Yeah. I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. What? What? Sorry, what? Where? Where you going? Coming back? Coming back? I'm back. Oh, thank God for that. See? I'm back. Right, you walk away, Kelly. He shits himself. <laughs> excuse the Irish. <laughs> that he has to do it alone and doesn't know what to do. I couldn't. The landlord, it's the same scenario, right? The landlord needs his property rented. If he was happy at 1700 quid before he found out you'd make more money, walk away. And suddenly he'll be like, whoa, 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 where are you going? I want, I want, I'll come back and I'll sit down and I'll negotiate with you if for 1,700 quid a month. But I'm not giving you 300 quid a month more because that doesn't work for me. If he thinks it still works for you, right, then he's going to want more money. You've got to be very clear with him that at 1,701 pound a month, this deal no longer works. All right, so walk away. The problem is with most people, this is what happens. You get emotionally involved in that deal and you get so far down the process of the deal that suddenly you want to grab the keys no matter what and you end up paying too much and then you lose money. Stick to your guns. Walk away and watch him beg you to come back. I nearly cried. Because he nearly cried, right? He nearly cried. The face was like... (laughs) Just beg. Walk away. You cannot 
cut your own throat just because a landlord wants more. If he wants two grand a month, right, let him do it himself. Let him run it himself. He won't. He won't. Do you know how I know that? Because he wouldn't be speaking to you about the deal if he was going to do it himself. Yeah, that's some solid advice for that. Kevin, you often say about babysitting someone's mortgage. What exactly does babysitting mean in no money down? Looking after. So babysitting is a term that I, when I use babysitting, I say babysitting, but actually you're not babysitting. So you're looking after somebody else's mortgage. So what we mean by that is you are pay, in a lease option, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. So this is what I mean by do not ever attempt a lease option unless you know what you're doing, because you have got to take care of that mortgage. If you have a mortgage on a property yourself, you would make the monthly payments. If you have a lease option, you become responsible for that mortgage. So the mortgage stays, the title deed stays in the owner's name, but you take legal responsibility for making those payments, right? The reason I use the term babysitting is because you don't want to drop the baby. You drop the baby, you hurt the baby. You're yeah? in trouble. You're in trouble. This is why you should not attempt creative strategies like a lease option without the right training. You want to buy a house? Fine, buy a house. 25% deposit, buy a house. Do not try and do creative stuff if you don't know what you're doing because there's a lot of technicalities that you have to get around to work things out. But basically what I mean by that is you are looking after somebody else's mortgage. You're not looking after just their mortgage though. You're looking after their property. You've got to feed it, the babysitting, the feed it, you know, shake it, look after it. Don't shake the house. But what you do is mow the lawns. You mow the lawns, you paint it, you decorate it, you clean the gutters. You make sure it is taken care of and made better not worse. So I could say babysitting. You could call yourself the doctor. You make it better. You make the scenario better. So you could be the babysitting doctor. Is that even possible? I guess so. Maybe. We've got a lot of people boom, boom and going on to lease options here. Yeah, no, could you, you not get your solicitor off, to drop yeah. the terms? Martin Webb, you, of course you can get your solicitor to drop the terms. Um, why wouldn't you? you? You wouldn't. The thing is, you wouldn't want to do it without getting a solicitor to drop the terms. But the solicitors drop the terms, but you still need to know what you're doing. And who is your solicitor? Because most of them don't know what they're doing around lease options. John Pearson, if it wasn't for Kevin's course, I wouldn't be doing an NMLD. NMLD, no money left in deal. You left there, no money left in deal. So I'll have a free house plus profit in my pocket. And no money left in deal, I presume what John means. So... So I'll have a free house plus profit in my pocket and monthly rent of about six to six hundred pounds a month when it's done. Get in, John Pearson. Right, and who says this shit doesn't work? John, I will put the invoice in the post and you can send me 25 bottles of champagne for Christmas. I'm only kidding. Well done. Awesome, man. That is a good guy. Good to see you getting deals done. Just paid for Christmas. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, if I need to ask someone to JV lot finance with me on a rent to rent deal, do you work the deal out so they get their money back within six months plus profit share in the months going forward. You do whatever you can agree with them, but that's what I would be looking for if I was JV in it. Or do you pay them back as soon as possible and give them a little extra and then you collect all the profit yourself going forward? Wazim, a joint venture is an agreement between two people. What two people agree? If you speak to somebody, Find out what is most important to them. What do they want? Ask them what they want. And if you can deliver what they want and still make a profit, do what they want. Okay? But don't do what they want if it makes you a loss. A joint venture is what two people or entities agree. Everything you said there, you can do. 
pick one or the other or the other because you've done three different ways. Mm -hmm. It depends on who you're speaking to. Some person might want all their money in six months plus a share. Some people might want just their money back plus some interest. It depends. It depends. So you're absolutely right on all of them. You just need to agree with each person. Uh, Linka, can we benefit from the capital growth of a property over time? Or this is only for the landlord, I guess just the landlord. Linka, if it's a rent to rent, you don't benefit from the capital growth. You just get the rent. If it's a lease option, you absolutely do benefit from the capital growth. So if it's a lease option, an EDC, um, any of those type exchange with late completion, that is, those type of structures, then you absolutely benefit from the capital growth. If it's a rent to rent, no, you don't. You're just renting it. Michael Cullen, prioritize your time and let's go pot some balls. Michael, you'll be picking them out of the pocket. I'll be potting them. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Walk in as we speak. Good girl, Kelly. Joe Nickel. When doing the rent-to-rent, rent, should you go for HMOs or SA or both? Good question, Joe. Um, it is, this is something I always see two people do wrong as well, is they think, um, I'm going to do rent-to-HMO, or I'm going to do rent-to-SA, or I'm going to do rent-to-single-let. You've only mentioned two. People mainly think of rent-to-SA or rent-to-HMO. What about rent-to-single-let? What about rent-to-commercial? Rent, all you're doing is you're replacing the word buy with the word rent. Then it's about what property you do it in. So if you've got a one-bed house and you can get it on a rent-to-rent, -rent, you, you would be very, very foolish to do a HMO because it's a house of multiple occupation. Now, Karen lives in a one-bed house with 26 other people. I with, get it, right? It's women. a little bit crammed. Men. It's a little women. bit men. It's a little bit cramped, okay? But One bed. One bed house with 26 people. He does, genuinely. I'm telling you, genuinely does. Yeah. Crazy. But if you've got a one bed property, right, and you do a rent to rent on it, you can do single let RSA. You're not going to do HMO on a one bed. It's house of multiple occupation. If you've got a two bed, you're not going to do house of multiple occupation. You're going to do single let RSA. If you've got a three bed, you do single let RSA. Don't attempt sing SHMO on a three-bed house or two-bed or one-bed. It's house of multiple occupation. You want minimum four bedrooms, minimum four. Four is actually the sweet spot because you can avoid licensing, but four people. Why? Because if you've got a three-bed, you've got the same fixed cost, the bills, the gas, the electric, the council tax, the TV license, the broadband. They're pretty much the same on a three-bed as they are on a four-bed. Right, a little bit more for the gas and electric, but it's not 25% more. It's probably about 5, 10% more. So the extra bedroom is almost all profit, all on your bottom line. If you've got a one, two or three bed, you'd do single RSA. If you've got a four, five, six, seven bed, you would be better off doing HMO. So it's not, do I do rent to SA or do I do rent to HMO or do I do anything else? It's what is, so like single or commercial, it's what is the right use for the property you've secured. So I see people all the time, they go, I'm doing SA or I'm doing HMO. No, you're not. If that's what you're doing and you're still in your job, the reality is it ain't working. Mm -hmm. What you are doing is property investing. You're looking for opportunities and then you get the property, you get the deal, and then you decide what to put into the house. You put in the thing that works. So... I've got some SA, some HMO, some singlets. I've got a block of flats. I've got a bit of land. I've got semi-detached houses, terraced houses, detached houses, 
Because what I'm doing is I'm finding a, pr a person with a problem, I'm solving the problem, and then I'm using the property for the right use for that property. Hope that answers your question, Joe. Natalie uh, Arabella Billy, thanks, Gold Star. I am aware of lease option, just wondering if with normal rent to rent there is any capital growth bond. No, Lenka, unless you do rent to rent with an option to buy. So you could secure an option to buy, but that's still a lease option. Joe, also, Joe, you're hogging the questions, I'm kidding. Right, Joe, also before speaking to agents and managing any HMOs or SAs, should you become compliant first? Oh, uh, Joe, what do you think? What do you think? Do it without compliance or do it with compliance? You're, you need to get compliance at some point, so probably do it first. Here's the thing, though. I see people do this, by the way. They spend loads of money on compliance. They get their like insurances and everything in place. And they, they spend months, and you know if you're watching, you spend months getting all the compliance in place. And what you end up doing is you get all that compliance in place and you never do a viewing. You never do a viewing. And 12 months have passed by, you've not done a viewing. You've got to pay for all the compliance again. Why don't we get some viewings done first? So Kelly Hines, if two vendors want to swap houses, what is the most efficient way to do this? I would hire a removal van, right? It's better than, especially if the houses are all opposite sides of town and you've got to carry all the furniture across town. Removal van is definitely the most efficient way. That's not your question, was it? That wasn't your question at all, Kelly, was it? You mean what's the best way to set up the contract? Um, but the removal van one, that could work too. Um, Kelly, it depends. It depends if they want to swap houses. Are the houses the same value? Are the houses different values? Um, have both houses got similar equity and debt in them? Um, there's a lot to depend on. Who owns the houses? If a couple owns one and an individual owns the other, what's the risk if the couple get divorced? There's lots of, of technicality again and lots of stuff that could go wrong. Um, you want to get independent legal advice and you want to get to learn. A swap, house swap again is like a, two people doing lease options and they're swapping houses. Make sure you get the right knowledge from the right people in the right time to learn those strategies because it's not as simple as just swap keys. It's not as simple as get two removal vans and move all the furniture. It's the technicality of it. How much debt? How, what are the property values? Um, will both of them rent for the same amounts if they were ever rented in the future? Um, is it two couples? Is it two individuals that are selling? Who owns them? There's a lot of stuff there, Kelly, that could go wrong. A lot of stuff that could go wrong. So the most efficient way, you've got to write both of them up on individual contracts where what each person is, ha obviously agree a price for each property and write them up on individual contracts. But there's a lot of risk there. You've got to make sure you've got the right legal team in place to structure that for you and make sure that you're very clear on what you're doing. Hi guys, Jerry Casey. Hi guys, what clause would you put in around the per room council tax if the rules change? Jerry, great question. Um, you would have a break clause in your contract that says that if the, the council are going to charge council tax by the room, then outside of one set of council tax, that would fall on the landlord. So you could continue the contract, but it would fall on the landlord, or you could break out of the contract. But it's what well, you would put in there that is the land, if they was rent KHMO council tax by the room, because it's coming in in certain areas for certain types of HMOs, you would have a break in the contract saying that if that came in, that you could exit the contract or the landlord is responsible for any additional council tax. So Fiona Smith saying, got a chap nearly on bankruptcy in negative equity. Could I do a rent to rent or lease option? 
And absolutely, Shviona, you could definitely do a lease option. You could potentially do a rent to rent. Um, it would depend how much debt he's got, how much negative equity. So if he's, let example, if he's, if you can make a thousand pound a month on the house and he's got 10 grand negative equity, then I'd probably do that deal. It's 10 months to get, get back to, to in the black. If he can, if he's 10 grand negative equity and it makes 200 quid a month, I would run a mile and not touch it because it'll take you forever to get your money back. So it depends on how much the negative equity is and how much you can make from the property in terms of whether you would do that deal or not. But absolutely, in principle, you can. It's more about what is the negative equity. Michael Cullen. Michael, how many questions have you had? You must be <laughs> Irish. Before I go and wish you well, my question is you talk about walking away. Here's your chance, Kevin. The Dubliners always win. Hashtag man from Mayo. In those famous words, progressive property, Rob Moore, Kieran, Jamie, the community, your boy will take one hell of a beating. God bless <laughs> both of you. Michael Cullen, Michael Cullen, you are not losing and we're going to live feed this game of pool into the community. And we allowed to do that? Sure. We are live feeding it into the community because he says we can. And you are going down, my man. You're going down. You're too full of this, right? You're going down. You've got no idea how good I am at pool. You've got no idea. You are going down. And once you go down, we're going to have a progressive property cup and you're going to not be allowed to play because you're eliminated already in the premium, <laughs> preliminary round. You're out, I'll my man. You're out. Best way to convince an agent to give you a chance to do a rent to rent option. What do you say? Ooh. Joe, what do you say? You say, hi, my name's Kevin. I'm looking for landlords. We've what? Let's say, hi, I'm Kevin. I'm a relocation agent. I've got an agreement with some local companies to house their employees. Would you have any landlords open to a long-term corporate let? Why don't you just say that? Why don't you just keep it simple? Do not mention rent to rent. Should we say goodbye? And that's it. Thank and you for tuning it. in. Goodbye!